to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Welcome everyone to the Gym Podcast. We are back once again, week seven. With me today, as always, is the one, the only, Randy Dark. Hello, everybody. Welcome. I'm excited. Why is that? And because uh, we have another guest today. We yes, have another we guest, the one, the only, the trend, another Maryland fan. We have a big Maryland contingency as far as our guests in the podcast. Anyway, how are you doing, Trend? Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for having me on, guys. I'm ready to talk some college football. Dude, All right. We're excited to have you and we're excited to get the Maryland perspective here. I, I think Maryland definitely is uh, a major component <laughs> of the show. This point, I, I don't think so. I'm as big as a fanatic as MSB, but... I mean, who is? I guess fair. I'm second here in terms of Maryland fandom. That's fair. So, yeah. That's fair. I was gonna. I wanted to make a point, uh, speaking of fandom, that have you guys noticed that, I don't know if it's just me, but or just like my personal bias based on the things my team has done, but has this football season seemed like more special? I don't know if special Dude. is the right word, but just better than past seasons? Yeah. Like, I feel more invested in the games. I think it's because, like, it feels like every single week there's been a pretty significant amount of upsets or just really interesting games, you know? Like, there, ha- there hasn't been a dry week yet. There hasn't been a single week that's been kind of lame. W- would you agree, Tim? I don't know if we've seen a lot of upsets, though. Like, we haven't really seen a whole lot of upsets, but, like, okay, I'm going to say this. What I've noticed is that, like, ultimately, the top two teams that everybody talks about, there's no point in watching because they're going to run away with it anyway. Alabama and Georgia have Whoa. both looked extremely mortal. Yeah. In a lot of ways, and people are kind of like, I feel like people see that and they're like, oh, so like we should actually watch. Like Chance. somebody could really take them down. I agree. <laughs> uh, Trend, your thoughts? Has this been a particularly exciting season for you as well? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, week two, we had what? Uh, Marshall beating Notre Dame yeah. and then beating Texas AM. I thought that was the most chaos week, but I think in general, college football. Even going into last year has been, it's felt more open. I think like um, there's still like the teams at the top, right? But the teams like right under the top in the middle, like that whole stretch seems pretty, pretty fun and open. I think there's been a lot of upsets in that area. I completely agree. I mean, Randy. And he, like, I want to say this. Yeah. I wanted to say this about the playoff expansion. I have to bring this up. Have to. Is that I've, I have been making this argument about why it's good for the sport. And it's like people see what happened with us versus Texas, what happened with Georgia versus Missouri, yeah. what happened with us versus Texas A&M, and still want to act like upsets never happened, and therefore playoff expansion was useless. And I'm like, come on, are y'all seeing this? I mean, like, yes, there was like a de- there was about a decade period where recruiting talent got very concentrated, but like that's not a permanent thing. That's not yeah. going to be a permanent fixture of the sport. Yeah. I, I do agree with the notion that theoretically, as the playoffs expand, hopefully the talent disperses a bit more throughout the college football landscape. Because, um, I mean, let's face it, Randy, your team this last weekend was kind of an upset alert there for a while. <laughs> okay. Let's, I mean, here's, I'm just going to make this point about this. And I'm going to kind of tie this in whenever I talk about the Tennessee game later. And that, like, obviously we were missing our Heisman winning quarterback. Obviously our backup had, like, Three awful turnovers in the red and basically right in Texas A&M's red zone, but like there's a difference between excusing a bad performance and trying to make the point that you shouldn't really look into it when trying to predict future performances. Hmm. Like if we had lost, and I was saying this, that'd be one thing. Sure, but like we literally won the game. There's nothing for me to really excuse. I'm just trying to like say like don't look too much into that game. Okay. 
That's fair. Um, Trend, I mean, you, your team had a very close game against Purdue last weekend. How do you feel about how do you feel about Maryland this season? I mean, they started out pretty hot, but have lost two games, though both losses have been pretty close. Um, I'm still fairly high on Maryland. I think um, in past years we usually just get blown out in these two losses. True. Like Michigan would have just completely blown us out of the water as soon as you know we fumble the kickoff on the first. Hit. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I thought we were going to get blown out after that. And then Purdue, honestly, I have to give my hat, tip my hat to them. I think they honestly look like the much better team. We had like a a Hail Mary at the end of the half to bring it to a tie game. Mm-hmm. And the second half, we just couldn't get our offense going. So honestly, Purdue should have won that game. I still think Maryland has a good trajectory. I mean, we play Indiana and Northwestern next. Two back-to-back wins right there, frankly. But, so. Right, and then but then it gets. What was the deal with the two point conversion? What was the deal with the two point conversion at the end of the Purdue game? Because I saw where it was like he clearly got it, but then they called it back. Yeah, so even before that, the reason we needed to go for two was because there was like a really close offsides call where, like, if you watch it in real time, it looks like the Purdue defender like is clearly offsides to block the extra point. Right, but I watched it over like in super slow motion. And I think he was on sides. He just timed it like perfectly. And then the two point conversion, we converted it, but then they called one of our linemen was blocking downfield. No. <laughs> so we had to retry it from back five yards and then we obviously failed it. So yeah, that yeah, dude. That was a really big heartbreaker. But yeah, I, I still think Maryland can end up having a good season. Maybe we can reach eight wins and go to a nice bowl. So yeah. There you go. It's a game of inches, right? Yeah, it definitely is. Yep. Um Randy so, I, Yeah, Randy laid on me. I just wanted to hear if you had any updated thoughts on the Wisconsin coaching search. Here's the thing. I'm not going to try to look ahead. I'm not going to try to get too optimistic. Got to stay level-headed here. But I like what I'm seeing on Jim Leonard, at least so far. One game in, of course. I mean, we we utterly thrashed Northwestern. I don't even think the score was quite indicative of how much of a blow what it was. Graham Mertz threw for five touchdowns, um, which I, I understand it's Northwestern. Like, I get that. But the reality is, even, like, we've played bad teams in the past. Like, this isn't the first bad team Wisconsin has faced under Graham Mertz. And yet, out of nowhere, he looks like Superman. I think he had the third highest QBR in the nation last week. It, it, clearly, something has changed immediately without Paul Chris there. Like, our, our offensive coordinator finally has control to some degree. So, I don't know, man. Well, this week against Michigan State's going to be a much bigger test, but I kind of like the direction we're seeing under, under Jim Leonard. I'm going to be honest, I feel like I've heard you say this about Graham Mertz like 10 times in Dude, the past two years. he's not been bad this year. <laughs> he's actually, like, he's not the problem. People assume, oh, Wisconsin sucks now, it's because of Graham. It, he's like, he's a totally normal, like, he's average. Like, he's like Is he the, the, Spen- the Spencer Petrus of Wisconsin? No, Spencer Petrus actually is a problem. Graham Mertz isn't. He's, he's doing fine. Too. No, I would say Mertz is way better than Petrus. Petrus might be the worst quarterback okay. in five. I mean, honestly, he is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I want to give praise to Wisconsin too. I, I know it's Northwestern, but honestly, their offense looked super dominant. I mean, Breland Allen came back with uh, 130 yards rushing after he had two last week, right? Yeah. It was a great bounce back. And then, I mean, Mertz was dealing, but dude, his receivers were so wide open sometimes. True. Like, I don't know what Northwestern's defense is doing, but it's a it's a great first win for for Jim Letter as a head coach. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's what I'm saying. We'll see we'll see how we do this week yep. against Tucker. <laughs> All right, we'll see if you can. We'll see once you get Matt Rule how you're gonna do. Anyway, um, 
All right, so we're going to very quickly talk about last week's games. We're going to just hit on the very biggest one. Sure. Um, I guess the first one I kind of alluded to it already is the Alabama A&M game. Yeah, Here's yeah. the thing. Our backup was just not ready. I think he got too anxious. He let things go too fast for him, and he had three horrible turnovers. I don't care. We still won the game. By the way, I was like, I was at the game, and I was sitting with my brother, and it was actually very cool because like, I was at the exact end zone in the exact corner of the end zone watching the game for the last play of the game. Wow. And it was wow. it was very loud. It was very exciting. I imagine. Is, uh, is Bryce going to be back this week? Is that the is that the plan? We don't. Nobody knows. Nobody yeah, knows. Nobody That's knows. Okay. Which is which is which means yes. Actually, puts a lot of things up in the air, right? If I had to bet money, then I would say he's going to be back, just based yeah. on some of the hinting that yeah. I hear I from like that. interviews and stuff. I think he's going to be back, and that him not being in there last week was kind of precautionary. Yeah, sure. I mean, speaking of Alabama's opponents, Tennessee stomped LSU forty to thirteen. Uh, Kind of a statement win. I don't know. It was on the road, and I mean they just controlled the game from start to finish. Tennessee looks pretty good, dude. I mean you gotta admit that, Randy. I mean yeah, they look good. I'm not gonna say they don't look good. I'm just saying don't overreact to <laughs> single week results, especially when it's the most previous week. <laughs> I don't think you guys are understanding just how mid LSU is, and I know I know what my walk of the Brian week Kelly. was last week. Brian I know Kelly. it's it's year one. They're just they have a whole culture overhaul they need to do. I just wouldn't look too far into it but don't get me wrong tennessee is decent i mean they they certainly obviously could beat us like we're on upset alert i mean it's it's even weird to call it that the number six team in the nation right wow like they're a good team Fair enough. i'm gonna give them credit fair enough um a game we need to talk about folks texas just slaughtering oklahoma 49 to nothing i couldn't believe it i mean that might have been the single biggest blowout loss oklahoma has had in my entire life I think this might yeah, be the first Oklahoma team I've ever watched since I started following college football. Yeah, easily. I mean, it's it's almost honestly the same. And I've been watching for I say I've been watching since what 2004, 2003, and that yeah. They're always. I mean, good. can I just say yeah. this? Like, Brent yeah. Venables is he's a defensive coordinator, right? That's his background. Mm-hmm. You can't give up 41, 55, and 49 in three consecutive weeks. Like, like, if your players are missing tackles, that's a player issue. But if your players are not even positioned to make tackles, like, Texas had wide-open receivers. Right. And that's a coaching issue. Like, I'm not going to freak out because it's year one, but, like, I hope OU gets it together this year. Like, they have to show some signs of life for the rest of the season. It's just shocking because it felt like that Bozo Walt West had such an easy time transitioning <laughs> from, like, Bob Stoops. Like, like he, he pretty much hit the ground running. And I kind of assumed Oklahoma would do the same under Brent Venables. I mean, he was a defensive coordinator at Clemson, so he knows how to run with a, you know, really big-name program, a blue blood. And t- to see them falter like this is, it is shocking. But what can you do? I, I feel guess? like people need to give due credit to Steve Sarkeesian, though. He, yeah. His offensive schemes are just always amazing. He knows how to get guys wide open. Like, I, you have no idea how much we miss him at Alabama right now. Texas fans love Sark. <laughs> Hashtag extend Sark. Um, yeah, good exactly. I mean, they, they look really good. I mean, Quinn Ewers is back. I think they're yeah. a completely different team. That's the difference. Quinn Ewers is really, really good. It's kind of insane. He's really, really good. He's a freshman with like some raw. He had, very raw, very raw. He's well, a freshman. Just let him cook. It makes you wonder what they're going to do with um, uh, Manning. What's his name again? Arch Manning. 
because he's, he's projected to you know be the freshman next year, like the literally the highest rec- rec- recruited quarterback in history. And you've got this like freshman at Texas now who's probably gonna be the face of the you know program for the next three years. Like I don't know if that impacts his recruiting. Like he might transfer somewhere else. I don't know, dude. Because Quinn Ewers looks like I he's think, a guy. So I think. I think Ewers is draft eligible after next year. I think he's a redshirt freshman, so okay. I don't know if it's going to affect a whole lot. I mean, plus with the whole new transfer rule, I mean, Arch, if it doesn't work out, he just goes somewhere else, That's right? True. Wisconsin. It's not a big deal anymore. Back in a few years. There you go. Arch yeah. to Wisconsin. Bring him over. Let's <laughs> <It's> make it <laughs> happen. <laughs> Anyways, uh, any any games you saw, Trent, that you wanted to talk about? Um, I want to give credit to Illinois for beating Iowa. I think Illinois has lost this game... 13 out of the last 14 times, and they haven't beaten Iowa since the 2014 realignment. So Dang. you have to give credit to Illinois. I mean, DeVito, their quarterback, he looked really good, but then he went down with an injury, and then they relied on Chase Brown the rest of the way. And can I just say how bad Iowa's offense is? Their special <laughs> teams and defense set oh, them God. up within the 25-yard line twice, and they only got one field goal out of that whole thing. Like that, That's how bad Iowa's uh, offenses. So. I saw a statistic actually that at one point in the game, Iowa had to punt and then they punted to like midfield. The thing is, um, what happened was that the Illinois person fumbled it, Iowa recovered it at midfield, so they get the ball at midfield now. Um, at some point, Iowa has to punt again, they punt it, Illinois fumbles the ball, not on the punt, but on like the next play, Iowa gets the ball again, they recover it, and then once they get out of that total fiasco, it's just a field goal. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. like, come on. You can't be gift wrapped. I offense this season summarized. <laughs> I understand the whole, like, run it down their throat and grind the game out thing, but, like, it's actually put up points when you get the, get those opportunities. Like, the whole point of playing yeah. that is to be able to capitalize on those opportunities, right? This is why you don't hire your own son as your offensive coordinator. I mean, what were they thinking, dude? I, I just don't get it. Like, because they can't fire him. I mean, he's going to be let go, but he's going to have to, like, step down. It's going to be awkward. But, like, Brian Ferentz needs to go. He's got to be the worst OC in the entire nation. It's it's embarrassing to the Big Ten what Iowa is doing lately. <laughs> and it's a shame. They're like, they're the, they're like the quintessential Big Ten team that people are going to point to to make fun of the Big yeah. Ten. And it's a shame because, like, they have a really good defense, really good special teams. They if do. They, if they just had, like, an average offense, they'd probably win the Big Ten West. But they have the worst offense in the nation, at least in P5. So they, they stink. <laughs> All right, then. Should we move on, then, to your favorite award, Randy? Your favorite award for each uh, for each week? All right. So now we're on to one of my favorite awards. The This was their Super Bowl award. Okay. And I'll start it off. Um I don't want to like. I hate to bring it in this direction. Okay. But I'm gonna give the award to Texas A&M and the loss. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Now listen. Here's the thing. They. I've seen a lot of takes after this game where Aggie fans are saying things to the effect of, "Wow, we really have a bright future. That was such a great game. Jimbo's really got this headed in the right direction for sure. I know this season's a wash." But, you know, we're headed – trust the process, man. And trust it's like, dog, it's been six years. I mean, it's been six years. Come on. I, I and here's know, the dude. thing. It's like they – here's the thing. It's like we played horribly and did everything we could to gift wrap in the game, and they still couldn't win. And it's like – here's the thing. With their talent level, I know they have such a high talent level. If I had their talent level, if my team had their talent level, what? You and do. we played a game – 
Okay, I'm just, I'm hypothetically listen. Just <laughs> hear me out. Put yourself put yourself in their shoes. If you had their talent level, and we're playing somebody who was playing their backup quarterback that was a freshman in their first ever start, that had four awful turnovers in your own field position in your own side of the field, and you still lost. Would you not be furious? I mean, man, you can understand, dude. Like, I, I really don't think you can you can put yourself in their shoes because, like, what you're experiencing as a Bama fan is so different from, like, everyone else. And, like, you have to understand, like, everyone, like, every every team that plays Bama, it's their Super Bowl inherently. Like, it's Vanderbilt's Super Bowl. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's everyone's Super Bowl. Like, I feel like we can't necessarily single at Texas A&M because, man, they did put up a good fight at the end of the day. A better fight than most teams ever will against Bama. So... I, I can't personally fault them for, for having a little fun, even though they lost. And I, I'm not going to dogpile on Texas A&M per se, but I just want to say that a lot of what got masked in this game was that Bama really dominated the line of scrimmage. Like, Jameer Gibbs was like, he seemed like he was like running for like 10 yards a carry. He was like shooting off the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And then on the defensive end, Bama's linebackers are really getting after um uh, Texas A&M's running back A-Chain whenever they try to get him in space and they were chasing Haynes King all over the field so you can say like yeah like King to his credit completed like some passes down the field but uh, Bama really tried to push him towards that direction like push A&M towards forcing them to pass the ball so true very true and that's very true is that we kind of actually did Forced Texas A&M to be in a position, other than the turnovers, I feel like we played a great game. So it forced them to be in a position where they had to play almost the perfect game themselves Hmm. just to have a chance. So I kind of understand the optimism surrounding that by itself. Like, Kane's King had to to make the passes. Like, there was was something crazy, like 26 quarterback hurries in the game for us, which is insane with our new Cheetah package. Cheetah Cheetah package I'm going to talk about, too. Um, Oh, boy. But, I mean, when you're getting hurried that much and you have zero run game and you just have to do what you can, like, I, to their credit, they took the only route that they had and made the most of it. Um, our cheetah package that we actually just unveiled last week, I think it features Chris Bradswell, uh, Will Anderson, and somebody else all on the field at the same time as pass rushers, and we leave one defensive lineman kind of hanging out. But it's called the Cheetah Package, and it gets so many quarterback hurries. It may not directly lead to a sack, but it's going to lead to a quarterback trying to throw it away. They're going to have to do something. <laughs> and, uh, it forces the quarterback to make a play. I don't know, man. I respect AM. I'll leave it at that. Um, right. As far as a team Extend I don't respect, a team I don't respect that was the Super Bowl this week for me, <laughs> I'm giving the award to North Carolina State. They barely survived <laughs> Florida State. Florida State basically handed them the game. Uh, they they were in line for a very easy chip shot field goal to win it, down two points with like 50 seconds left, and lobbed a very easy turnover that North Carolina State capitalized on. So listen, dude, I am a hater. Like I'm not gonna not gonna sugarcoat it. I hate this team. I hate the Wolfpack. I think they're fraudulent. And uh, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, I mean that that final play was like really weird. Uh... Florida State, they they could have just ran out the clock and kicked like a thirty yard field goal, I think. Easy. And they would have won twenty nineteen. And they were up seventeen to three in this game as well. Like uh, North Carolina State really had a battle to come back, even come back in this game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think I think it was more Florida State throwing away this game than like NC State doing anything special. Exactly. And th- their quarterback uh, Leary also got injured during this game, I believe. I think he might be out during Syracuse, so look out for Syracuse to 
probably beat might. them next week. I might. They did play as Syracuse, who was undefeated. True, true. Uh, Trent, who was your uh, Super Bowl winner <laughs> this week? <laughs> okay, in... In the Big Ten, I'm going to have to give it to the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So this, this, this. Was hilarious all around. It was, a, it was a Friday night game at Piscataway for Rutgers. I mean, this was a big game for Rutgers as well. Um, they announced that they had a sellout crowd, even though if you looked at the game, like a lot of seats weren't filled. And then Rutgers came out to a great start. I mean, Vegel looked great. He had like two deep balls to the wide receiver Crookshank. He's a really good player. Um, former Wisconsin Badger. Yeah, former Wisconsin Badger. And then they came out to a 13-0 lead. And I thought Rutgers was going to run away with this game. And then <laughs> I looked at the Nebraska Twitter account. And I know it might be run by like a college student. But they posted like, we have to dig deep. <laughs> like, you have to dig deep versus Rutgers. <laughs> like, and then obviously, Oh, man. Rutgers has some quarterback issues, like Vegel start not looking great. They put Simon in. Simon threw two picks. Like, um, Dude. yeah, they need to get their quarterback figured out. But obviously, Rutgers didn't do anything for the rest of the game. Nebraska came back and won fourteen thirteen. And then oh, after friend. the game, after the game, uh, yeah. <laughs> After the game, I saw, like, you know, I know we're not a very good team, but now we lead the Big Ten West. Like, we come could go on. to the Big Ten West champion. Or, like, come we could on. represent the Big Ten West. Like, come on. But Jimbo, dude. but Trent, they had such a great comeback win. Come oh on. Oh, my it's God, bars. no. I'm sorry. I, Nebraska <laughs> fans are so starved for success. It's actually kind of sad now. Sad. I have to say, yeah. from the SEC fan perspective, I love when, like, we have a Big Ten guest on the show because – like you, the Big Ten guests and Jimbo always have like this thing. Like they know, they know like inside information about Big Ten football. That gives me these funny insights that That's I would true. never have gotten before. I'm glad to help. I'm glad to help. Yeah, Nebraska, they're they're very overrated, and this was their Super Bowl. I, I totally agree with that. Because if you look ahead, dude, they're probably not going. They might win one more game this season. Looking at their schedule, they play us. They play Illinois. I think Michigan, Minnesota, they're not going to win these games. They're not going to go bowling. And so this is pretty much the peak of their season, frankly. All right. So now on to one of my new favorite segments that I've been doing that we've been doing the past few weeks okay. is the fraudulent or legitimate segment. So okay. I'm just going to name some teams and I just want to hear your general thoughts. Are they fraud, fraudulent or are they legitimate? Okay. And I'm going to start off with the, the. five and one Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, fr- fraudulent. I have to say fraudulent. I mean, let's face it, dude. Um, I think they're gonna beat Illinois this weekend, but they're still sus. Like, like they're they're not as good as people think they are. And 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 in my mind, that makes them fraudulent. Um, I would say they're fraudulent in terms of like, I think a couple weeks ago, people were saying like Minnesota should be top ten, which right. is crazy Pre- now. Preposterous. Um, preposterous. Right, I think, I mean, they'll probably, they'll, them and Purdue, I think, are still the front runners for the Big Ten West with, like, Illinois, I think, a third, in third. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, like, maybe they win the Big Ten West and go face Ohio State and get blown out and they go to, like, a nice bowl or something. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't think there's some top ten know. teams. In hindsight, like, I their wins over Colorado them. and Michigan State are, like, not impressive whatsoever. Like, Michigan State is on a four-game losing streak. And got annihilated by Ohio State. So I, I just, I, I'm not buying it. Not buying it. I understand. I understand. I had to bring them up. Okay. I, of course. <laughs> Next on the list, at 5-1, and one, the number 24, the Burts, the Illinois Fighting Illini. 
it kills me to say this. And they did play Minnesota this week. I think they are kind of legitimate. And what I mean by that is, like, I think they're properly ranked at 24. I think they should be ranked. Like, they are the best team in the Big Ten West, probably. Like, overall. Um, and that's that's Alan Burt. I hate the man, but he knows how to win these types of games. He's, he's built a team to look like Wisconsin used to back in the day. Very run-heavy, very good offensive line kind of team. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're probably going to keep winning because they play a pretty easy schedule. Do you think Wisconsin, would you take him back? Uh, I would probably take Jimmy over him, but I would take him over Paul Christ. All right. Trent, your thoughts on, on Illinois? Yeah, I agree with Jimbo. I think they're legitimate in the context of, like, their expectations, right? Like, um, right. I think they're only labeled to win 4.5 games as their win total in Vegas. They've already beaten that. Um right. They run through Chase Brown. Like, I think Chase Brown is a really good player. Um, and then Ryan Walters has built a really great defense um, in Illinois. I mean, they're very hard-nosed. They run to the ball. They have, like, 40 tackles for losses this season or something. So, um, yeah, I think Illinois is – I mean, they're ranked for the first time in 11 years. Like, just let them be happy. Let them have fun. Let them have fun. <laughs> I, think, I think they're they're not a fun team. They're not, like, wow, you team, no. but – as Very fundamental, yeah. solid. Hey, no matter what, a win is winning is fun, no matter how you do it. Exactly, exactly right. Exactly. So, yeah, I think they're legitimate um, in terms of having a great season for Illinois standards. That's fair. And I think that's one thing we need to keep in mind. As we people need to keep in mind as we give these awards out and these rankings, it's relative to expectations, exactly. right? Like we're gonna we're gonna talk about Kansas being legitimate in a much different sense than we would talk about Georgia being legitimate, right? Right. Exactly. Right. All right. Who's next? Right? All right. So, without further ado, we have the number twenty-two, four and two Texas Longhorns. I think they're very legit, and for a very legit reason. Uh, uh, Ewers, like he went down during the Bam game. I'm not going to bring that up, but let's just say since he's been back, they've looked unstoppable on offense. Like Sark clearly has something good going on offense. They just had, I just probably like one of the biggest wins Texas has had actually like, since their national championship in the slaughtering of, of Oklahoma. I mean, that was I, I could not believe how lopsided that game was. And if they could do that to Oklahoma, and I, I get that Oklahoma's down, but if they could do that to a rival, they're just going to keep winning, dude. I, I think they're going to probably be 10-2 and two at the end of the season. Trent? Yeah. I think people need to remember that both Texas and Oklahoma were both going into that game. Three and two, so it's not like the season was over for Oklahoma at this point. Like they were exactly the same record and everything. Yeah. Trent, do you think they're legit? Yeah, I think the Texas Longhorns are legit, and not even like legit in terms of improving from a five and seven record. Five and seven record. I I think they might actually be like legit contenders for the Big Twelve. I think there's. I agree with a lot of what you said with Quinn Ewers back. They look really, really great on offense. You know, Texas' 49 points they scored in Rev River was the most they've ever scored in that rivalry, which is wow. kind of surprising wow. considering how many shootouts we have in that yeah. game, right? So, um, yeah, and not, not just viewers. I mean, B. John Robinson is also having yeah. a great season. He had 130 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Their defense looks good. I mean, OU scored zero points, right? So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they, they run to the ball. I mean... They had a couple of picks too. Um, so yeah, I mean, to OU's defense, they didn't have Dylan Gabriel in this game, like, and they didn't trust their backup to throw at all. I mean, they ran like Wildcats for half of their plays. It felt like so. Uh, <laughs> do you guys know that one play where like they they tried to to do a Wildcat into a pop pass that got immediately intercepted? <laughs> I saw <laughs> I that too. That was like around the uh, 
That was like late in the second quarter when it was still a three touchdown game. They were trying to quickly make it a two score, much more manageable game. And then at that point, yeah. it was just over. Yeah. Um, here's the thing I will say about Texas is that I really think it all boils down to Sarkeesian. So, for example, when Ewers went out um, versus Alabama, you have to remember Hudson Card played very well. It wasn't like there was some massive drop off a quarterback. And I'm 100% chalk that up to Sarkeesian being a great coach i mean he was our offensive coordinator for a few years and he's he is as every a bit as good as advertised um Bijan robinson i see some amazing plays from him he'll turn a two or three yard play that looks dead into a first down which yeah. is exactly what you need from a running back exactly. so i think they're legitimate i think if they didn't run into you know alabama being alabama granted we did not play well um I feel like we'd be talking about them in a much different light right now. Like, yeah. oh, if they went out, now that they have kind of things rolling a little bit, it took them a little bit to get going. Like, they really could be, but they could still win the Big 12, though. So, I think they might. Everything's mostly everything's ahead of them. Sure. All right. So, next, I'm going to go with D number 18, undefeated, Ugh. 5 0, Syracuse Orange. Fraudulent. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's be honest, dude. You, you look at like, well, they're not, they're not, you said they're number 18. They're not number eight. Um, but yeah, like their wins have been over Louisville, Yukon, Purdue, Virginia, and Wagner. Like, I'm sorry, Dan. And, like they're playing close games too. Like they barely scraped by Purdue. They barely scraped by Virginia, both at home. I just, I don't buy it, dude. They do play um, NC State. They play NC State this week at home, so that could be two, interesting. Battle of the Frauds, if you ask me. Two fraudulent teams in my mind. <laughs> but what, what do I know? Trent, what do you think? Is Syracuse legit? Um, I'm actually going to disagree with Jimbo here. and wow. I, I think Syracuse is actually pretty good. I, I, I think um, one knock on them, you can say, is they're pretty one-dimensional. Like, they, they love running the ball. Like, the capacity that or the load that they run the ball is actually kind of insane. That, that kind of makes it, um, if a defense really wants to attack their run game and take that away, I think they're very beatable. But I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think they're doing pretty good. I mean, definitely surpassing people's expectations. I don't know if they'll compete for like the ACC or anything, but uh, I think eight wins is in the book. Uh, nine, eight wins. So, yeah, I, I think they're a pretty good team. Fair enough. Sean Tucker averages something insane, like 25 carries per game. So yeah, something yeah, something crazy like that. I mean, they they are one man show essentially with with what's his name, Sean Tucker. I mean, he's very good. I know he's been on some Heisman watch lists. It's kind of crazy because I feel like this year we haven't had some real standout September, October Heisman awards that we've been able to give out, which I think is actually a good thing. It shows parity in the sport. I think C.J. Stroud is probably still going to be the guy at this point, but um, oh, I know, I know what that's just a that's a I, default. It is. Well, he's, I mean, he's, he's going to win it. Let's face it, Randy. Let's face it. Okay, okay. Okay. And I'm willing to the next one. I feel like I need to say something about because they're in my conference. Okay. The number sixteen, five and one, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Fraudulent. I have to say. Oh, come on. I think they're legitimate because they're legitimate in terms of what you expect Mississippi State to be at 5-1. and one. Yeah, they lost to LSU, whatever. They but they just destroyed Texas A&M and Arkansas in back-to-back weeks. They clearly, they're well-coached. They have a scheme that they know how to make work. They know what they're doing. They're probably going to lose to us, and they unfortunately have to play Georgia. And, Ole Miss. and they also have to play Ole Miss. Yeah. And, I mean, Kentucky's not a 
not a rollover either. It's so a, it's, it's a like leech team, dude. Like they have a good offense, and it, when it works, it works. When it doesn't work, they fail pretty spectacularly. So yeah, they've beaten a lot of mid SEC teams, but now that they're facing the top of the pack, they're going to be exposed. Okay, Arkansas and Texas A and M. They're okay. they beat Texas A and M more than we did, and they beat Arkansas <laughs> more than we did. That's funny. I don't know, man. I, 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 we'll, we'll see how they do this week, and especially against Alabama. Trent, your thoughts on this? Um, I'm not actually sure where they stand right now. So I might just give a boring non-answer here because a lot of it is like the SEC West is I'm not sure if these teams are just like cannibalizing each other or they're like all really good or all really bad. It's you hard know to what say. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, uh, like Texas A&M, Arkansas, Mississippi State, LSU, like Ole Miss is up there. They're undefeated. But, uh, like, I don't know how many of these teams will really have a great record at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But they might still be good teams with a bad record, if that makes sense. So, sure. um, I think Mississippi State has done well so far. I don't know if they're, like, in any contention to be, like, a, a top 10 team or anything. But, um yeah, so I, I might just give a non-answer and say I'm not sure yet. I'll, I'll see how the rest of the division plays out. That is the thing, is that the SEC West is just so incredibly stacked sometimes that it's just... I feel bad for some of these above-average teams that would be doing fine in any other division, but it is what it is, right? All right. Is. Yeah. The next the next team I'm actually going to give a strong opinion on is number 13, undefeated, 5-0, TCU Horned Frog. And I'm going to say fraudulent. Ooh. I don't think... Colorado, SMU, a now bad Oklahoma team, and I did beat Kansas, who I actually think is pretty good. But like, Kansas quarterback was injured. I don't know. Like, it was. I mean, at the end of the day, their best win is over Kansas, and I get. I I like Kansas. This is not any shade of Kansas, but like, literally, their best win is against Kansas. Like, let that let that actually (laughs) sink in. So, I mean, I I don't know, dude. We'll see how they do. I think this week's gonna be a lot more telling for them. Because they're playing Oklahoma State, who I think is a very good team. So even if they lose, like they can still prove themselves to be kind of legit. But they they got to show up against them. Like ultimately, they have to play a good. And game And that's the Oklahoma thing. State. And that's the thing. I think Oklahoma State is very legit. So in yeah. the spirit of keeping this where we're at, I'm going to say the next team I want to do is number eight, Oklahoma State at five very, and nine. Very legit, dude. Dude, they won like 19 of their last 21 games. Like, something ridiculous. Like, one of the best winning records of the past two years in the entire nation. Um, I mean, if you recall last year, they were they probably would have been a playoff team if it wasn't for that one goal line stand against Baylor. They're good, dude. Like, they're good and they're hungry. I think they're going to keep winning, dude. This, is, this might be the best team in the Big 12, other than maybe Texas. So, we'll see, man. We'll see. Um, I might go against the pack here and say that Oklahoma State and TCU are much closer than you guys are, no way. are making it out to be. No way. Um, okay, I don't want to spoil like when we preview the upcoming games, but I think TCU has a real shot here. So, I mean, Oklahoma State, they, their defense with Knowles leaving hasn't looked the same. I mean, they're, they're definitely worse on defense. They switched to more of like an offensive game plan, like they passed more. So this is going to be a high-scoring game, but uh, like... I don't know. I, I think TC is pretty good. Like I like Max Duggan. I, I think they're just really explosive on offense. They they might be just hitting a hot streak, but like I, I think they're they can contend for the Big Twelve. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, any other teams ready? Or shall we move on? Yeah. So I have. I wanted to talk about 
I don't want to. Okay, I'll talk about two more very quickly. I'm going to okay. talk about Penn State. Okay. Are they legit? What do you think? I think they're legit. Um, though we'll see how legit they are when they face Michigan this week. <laughs> I'm going to say fraudulent. Okay. <laughs> All right. And about to uh, I'm just going to say whoever loses the Michigan Penn State game is fraudulent. There you go. Easy. Yeah. Uh, so the, okay, here's my thing with Penn State is that they almost lost to Purdue. That's true. They 17-7 versus Northwestern, and I have played nobody else. So, hey, I mean, Auburn, we don't really. The vaunted SEC I mean, one of their signature wins is going uh, to Auburn and uh, boat racing Auburn. But Auburn is uh, uh, Auburning. So, yeah. I, I'm I not going to say anything Auburn. about Auburn. I cannot. I just can't. It's bad luck. <laughs> Oh, All right, okay. so I am not going to say anything about the last team on this list I wanted to bring up. I'm just going to let you guys have the floor, okay. and I'm I'm going to bite my tongue as hard as that's going Please. to be. Okay. So the number six, five and zero Tennessee Volunteers. Extremely, extremely legit. I think Hendon Hooker is second to only CJ Stroud <sighs> in terms of talent. This team has an insanely good offense, literally one of the best offenses statistically in the entire nation. A good defense, too. And more than anything, Randy, more than anything, they're hungry. They want this They want this more than you can possibly imagine. This fan base needs this, dude. They have suffered the their entire not play the lives. Games. The their fans don't play the games. Lives, dude. They need the fans it. don't play the games. They need this, Randy. And they're going to feed off that this Saturday, dude. Tennessee. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to lock it in right now. My lock of the week, Randy, <laughs> the Tennessee Volunteers are going to beat Alabama. Lock okay, it in. I'm just I can't I'm not I'm not holding my tongue anymore. This is what I mean when people when I say that people like completely overreact to single week results. I feel like people are completely forgetting. I'm not gonna give a prediction on the game. I'm not giving a prediction on the game. Okay. This is obviously a very losable game and they're a very good team. <laughs> but I feel like people are completely like not even willing to acknowledge that they almost lost to a very mediocre pit team and a very mediocre Florida team. They've improved. They've improved over the weeks. It's right? my, it was two weeks ago. They improved. They do. They, they went to Ellis. They went to Death Valley, and a, it was just, 11 they eviscerated. They eviscerated LSU. It was eleven a.m. Brian Kelly on the road. It was eleven a.m. Oh my gosh, dude! Listen, Randy, it is first year. Randy, you're gonna see, dude. You're gonna see this Saturday. You're gonna see. Can I just say that the difference between Brian Kelly and Ed Orgeron at LSU is hilarious? Because I feel like. For like coach, I was like, he was a player's coach in like the worst type of way where he was like on sorority row. While like, like Brian Kelly is kind of like the undercover cop of the program. Yeah, for sure. Like there's going to be a little bit of a clash there while they get, while he gets, he he implements his system. Trend, uh, I've done a lot of talking. Do you think, do you think Tennessee is legit? Uh, I don't mean to piss off Randy, but I oh also God. think Tennessee is very legit. I think um, if you look at LSU, if you look at the LSU game, like people are saying, like Hendon Hooker has been like the the major like fireworks for this team, right? But like Hendon Hooker actually had like an average game. He let the rest of the offense like uh, make plays. Like they have Jabari Smalls, Jalen Hyatt, Brew McCoy. Like they have really good playmakers. They play really fast. Mm-hmm. They play to the outside. I mean, there's just a really dangerous offense for any defense, any defense in the country. And I think um, their defense is also slightly underrated. Like they love to run like these like super, they love to score early. So you're behind and then they just run blitzes at you over and over and over and over. Like they blitz Jaden Daniels like I don't know how many times and they just kept doing it. They had five sacks 
and nine tackles for loss against LSU. So obviously I'm not going to overreact to only the LSU game, but I think the way they're trending right now, that they're like really dangerous. He said it. He said said the thing. Okay, here's the thing. Um, Their wins kind of predicate on completely turnover-free football. And yep. whenever they have, whenever they have the cheated package coming at them, if they make a single mistake that gets taken advantage of, like that's going to be very bad for them. Andy, that's just a reality of anyone facing Bama. Like you need to play your best football. If they play the best football, though, I think they can win. Oh yeah, if they play, their, obviously, if they play their best football, they can definitely give us a run for our money and probably win the game. Honestly, but I feel like people need people kind of need to understand that, like as of right now, we are minus six on the year in turnover margin. Like, I don't think people realize how bad turnovers have been for us. So, like, I could see us going to Tennessee with all the crowd noise, how that could play Dude, into that. They checkering it? They're probably checkering it a bit, too. They're, they're going to do something. This is the biggest game we're going to play in, like, probably two decades. Should be good, dude. I'm looking forward to it regardless. All right, so let's uh, bring it in then here with uh, just, let's just preview a handful of the, the games that stand out to us. Um, I've only got a, I've got a few here that I wanted to talk about. We've we've talked a lot about Alabama versus Tennessee, obviously at this point, as well as Penn State, Michigan. Um, I want to bring up some games that we kind of haven't really uh, necessarily touched on yet that I think warrant some attention. Uh, a game I'm looking forward to, guys, that we haven't even mentioned so far either of these teams so far this episode is number seven USC at number twenty Utah. This, is, mm-hmm. this feels like yet another, you know, is USC going to be actually challenged this week type of game. And, I mean, for what it's worth, I do think this is probably their biggest challenge of the year so far, being on the road. I know Utah's kind of maybe not lived up to expectations this year, but, hey, this should be a pretty good test for Caleb Williams in that Bozo West. So, looking forward to this one. Randy, Trend, your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I really I want to get a lock of the week right now, but I just uh, I know how bad I did with it last week, so I'm not gonna it, say it. it. Not gonna say it. Okay, there's no lock. Okay, of the week. no, I'm gonna say it. Lock of the week is that this is the week USC goes down to Utah in Let's Salt go. Lake wow. City. Let's Utah go. is built to beat teams like USC. Remember how they dominated Oregon? Yeah, they did. Just saying, just saying. It should be good. It's a night game too, so like I, it definitely like there's a lot of momentum for Utah here. So this should be a pretty good test for them. Um. um I will just say this about this game. So, I don't know if you guys watched the Utah U- uh, UCLA game last week, but um, UCLA kind of plays the similar West Coast offense um, that USC does, and Utah's defense did not look good. Like they, mm. they're supposed to be known for their physicality, and um, USC was or UCLA was running all over the floor with them, right on offense. So, I think that is cause for concern, and then. Cam Rising, he, he's been solid, but uh, he's thrown some bad picks as well. So I think there's a lot of question marks on Utah's side. Hey, to be fair but to Utah. Also, USC, I don't think USC is also as good as people like, as they're being rated by the media either. I mean, their defense has like a plus 14 turnover margin, wow. which I don't think is sustainable. Um, yeah. Their defense honestly really isn't that great. Um, their offense is really good, but I think this is a close game because it is at Utah, and Utah just doesn't lose at home but yeah hey to be fair to utah last week they, they played at ucla lest we forget they were That's playing true. in the vaunted rose bowl i'm sure that place was just packed just extremely <laughs> loud every hey, seat hey, was hey, rocking to, to ucla's credit they, they have gotten decent crowds for the last two games so. they're starting to trickle in trickle in that's good now that they're like you know like six and oh and like top 10 i think so yeah we'll see 
Yeah. All right. One game I wanted to bring up was the Wisconsin Whoa. versus Michigan State game. Here we go. And here's the thing: we all know Mel Tucker was fraudulent. <laughs> and we all know how we, we, we all know how Jimbo feels about Jim Leonard. So this could be, given that last week was versus Northwestern, a very hapless Northwestern. This could be a very much a statement for Jim Leonard. I feel like Jim Leonard is actually coaching for his job yeah. in a sense that, like. He knows if he does good enough that the team rallies around him and that he like puts in the hard work, they probably will promote him. For sure, yeah. I mean, obviously, like he needs to do well like the rest of the year. Um, what's kind of concerning is as we started recording this, I don't know if you guys seen this here, uh, Wisconsin offensive lineman Logan Brown dismissed from team after an incident. Uh-oh. Google it. This happened like an hour ago. He was like our highest rated tackle. He was actually kind of crappy to be honest, but... Um, yeah, well, I, it's, I, it's fine. I don't know what's going on, man. Like, has has Jim Leonard lost control of the team? Obviously, no. I think it's the opposite. <laughs> He's gaining control of the team. He's probably like not working hard. Probably just being a general jackass. Isn't he a five star? He was. He was like one of the highest rated recruits we've ever had. And like, he ended up redshirting his first year. Didn't really play. Like, he became a starter this year as a junior. I think. So like, he really hasn't. Um, he hasn't quite grown as as you might expect from like so a five star. Yeah. Yeah, he's just kind of like, I mean, when I see stuff like, I, I see this happen. And I'm sure with SEC, this happens a lot, yeah. <laughs> well, a player, like, you have a highly rated recruit that doesn't pan out, and it's, 99% of the time, honestly, it's an attitude thing. They don't right. work hard, they're a jackass, they don't know what it takes day in, day out to really improve, and they're kind of just stuck in the high school mindset of, I'm just bigger and better than everybody. Yeah. This doesn't happen well, very comes- often in Wisconsin because we don't get five stars very often. But um, I could see this happening in, in the SEC. I'm sorry, he ended up so being a bust. But... Yeah. <laughs> it, it stinks. But... And also, you have to remember, uh, Michigan State has a very good running back in Jalen Berger. Oh, my God. I know. This, this, this is the second time this year we're facing a former Wisconsin running back. Uh, Nikia Watson was the running back at Washington State, and they beat us, of course. So we'll see, man. Jalen Berger, is, he's pretty good. He actually is a very legitimate uh, running back. But he just kind of got beat out by, you know, Braylon, Braylon Allen. So was there like a, he's a was there strife with him? Like was there a reason? No, he... there really wasn't too much bad blood. He just he like he was gonna be the starter, but then Braylon Allen kind of came out of nowhere, and he just wasn't getting enough reps. Like I, I can't blame him for transferring. Like I think it was okay. It was okay, fine. fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. It should be a good game. I think it'll be fairly evenly matched, which is embarrassing because Michigan mm. State's in the dumps. But... No, I, I, I think I think Wisconsin blows them out. Dude. Like I really, I'm really low on Michigan State. Like I've <laughs> I've been watching their games, and their secondary is horrendous. Like really? probably one of the worst secondaries in the nation. Like even ex- including group of five teams. Like that's, it's really bad. I, I think Graham Mertz is probably Mertz. gonna have another good day. Yeah, because he's he's got some confidence. So. I'm hoping we air it out against them. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Trend, any games you're looking forward to this weekend? Um, Let's see. No pressure here. I mean, who's Maryland facing? Actually, one game I'm pretty curious about is, um, I don't know if you guys look at Vegas spreads that much, but uh, Clemson is only a three-and-a-half point favor at FSU. Dude. So... I'm not really sure what's going on with that spread, but um, I heavily disagree. I mean, I think Clemson's defense is more than enough to take care of um, FSU. I think what they're banking on is that Jordan Travis, he's pretty good at um, running the ball as well. They do, have a, they do have a decent running back room on Florida State's side. So I think what they're counting on is Florida State's going to run the ball. They're going to keep the ball. They're going to 
not let DJU throw at all. I mean, DJU's having a pretty good season. You have to give him credit, but I mean, the, they're, <laughs> they're, I don't know. I, I think Vegas is really banking on like uh, Clemson just not having an offense this game or something. So yeah. that no. that's a uh, that's a game to keep a look on. I'll say this: Florida State will be the most talented team that Clemson has faced thus far this year. So, I don't know. It's on the road at night, especially, too. You know the entire game, they're going to be going, oh, it's going to be so obnoxious. I could see the upset happening. I really could. Even though Florida State's unranked, I think they're pretty solid. They're one of the better unranked teams in the nation. I don't know. I think Clemson's going to do I think DJU is just improved enough to make this not really a game. <laughs> think it'll be a blowout, dude? Uh, yeah. I, I don't like know. a 17-point game, something like that. Cow. We'll see. I, I got him on upset alert. I agree with Big Game Boomer this weekend. I think Clemson's on upset alert. But what do I know? Um, any other games we want to talk about before we head on to the uh, top ten? Uh, oh, another another game that I see here. Kansas is going to Oklahoma, which yes, is actually kind of intriguing. Because um, I think Kansas, he's, they're still missing um, Jaden Daniels right here. Yeah. Jaden Daniels, sorry. It looks like he's going to be out um, the week, yeah. But their their backup actually came in against TCU and played pretty well. Did you see like the the two bombs he had versus TCU? I did. He actually played very well. That's why I didn't really knock TCU for beating up a backup quarterback. Also, you have to remember Jason Bean is his name. He also is the quarterback that almost beat Oklahoma last year. Really? Oh yeah, yeah he was the quarterback really well in the game, yeah? last year. I, let me look this up now. I remember they almost won. They yeah. they were a fourth and one. Okay, if you remember last year, what happened was Oklahoma was losing, and on fourth and inches, they had to hand the ball off, and they were stuffed at the line, and Kansas was about to take over and kneel it out. Yep. But what ended up happening um, was like uh, Oklahoma's running back. He just quickly like pitched it back to his quarterback in some wild play and got a first down. Dude, looking back on Kansas last year, they really closed up the season on a pretty high note. Like, after beating Texas, they almost beat TCU. They almost beat West Virginia. I, screw it, dude. I think Kansas beats Oklahoma this year. I think they beat them. Oklahoma, dude, if, if Kansas beats Oklahoma, imagine how hard the Texas fans are going to clown on Oklahoma. It will be unbelievable. Oh, and dude. So much fun. <laughs> I can't even imagine. <laughs> so, yeah, that should be a good game. Must, must see TV. <laughs> Must see TV. Let's uh, let's conclude this episode then with, as always, our top tens. I've got my top ten prepared as well as trend. So we're gonna go through one by one and just state ours. Uh, just state them both, and then we can kind of discuss uh, after we state our respective numbers. So out of the gate, number one, as should come to no surprise to anyone, I've got the Ohio State Buckeyes. I think they're really good. Yep, I have them as my number one as well. Um, really? best offense in, in the country. Uh, Knowles is improving the defense, so what we're really looking for is like their defense is like championship level by the time yeah. um, they go to the playoffs, right? So yeah. if they can get that, then I mean they can be anyone in the country. Remember, they still don't have um Jack Jackson Smith and Jigba, their best player, probably one of the best players in the country. So they're still missing him, and even without him, they're the best offense in the country. So yeah. Clear number one for me. Oh, man. Your thoughts on this? Right. Your thoughts on this? <laughs> uh, I'm only going to take issue with the last thing that he said. Anyway, I'm just just go ahead. Number two. <laughs> number two, you're going to have a lot of issues with this then, my friend. I'm not joking. Uh, no. I am not memeing when I say this. I've got the Tennessee Volunteers at number two. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. At number two. 
Don't call it an upset, my friends. I think they're <laughs> insanely good. Trent, who do you got it to? Um, okay, obviously I don't have them. I have the Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, Bold. okay, I, I take back what I said earlier. They're, Ohio State is not the clear number one. I, I don't want to make it seem like Ohio State is levels above Alabama or Georgia. But sorry, I, I might have just spoiled my number three. But I, I think, um, yeah, Alabama, I mean, there's questions about uh, Bryson's health, but I don't think that should factor into like a power ranking of how good they they are as a team. Um, they have a great defense. They're a great offense, like very complete team. I mean, they're Alabama, right? So uh, I'll we'll put see. them at number two. We'll see. Uh, at number three, another hot take, but dog, they just keep winning. They just keep winning. I got that Bulls of all West. I got USC. They're just going to keep winning. Like th- th- no one can no. beat them, dude. No one can beat them. They're going to go 12 and 0. Let's face it. So yeah, they're number three for me. They're very fragile and going to get exposed. The question is when, Randy? Is it is it the regular season? Because I don't think so. I mean, maybe not the regular season, but if we're, if this is a power ranking, that's not where I would put them. Fair enough. Trent, who do you got? Um. Yeah, I kind of already spoiled it earlier, but I have the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, <gasps> I mean, I think Georgia is still like I don't know why the AP voters have Georgia at number one. Like, <laughs> yeah, this um, point, do yeah. they not get docked at all for struggling against Kent State and Missouri? Like, they don't get docked at all for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think they are slightly behind Ohio State and Alabama right now. Um, they're still a great team. I mean, I'm sure they'll be able to put it together by the end of the year. But yeah, you have to put Georgia at number three. We'll see, man. We'll see. At number four, this might be a hot take, but I, I think, that, again, I really think they're legitimate. I've got Oklahoma State. I'm giving Gandhi a hundy. I think they're, they're dude, they're just like, they, they've won, again, 19 of their last 21 games. Almost made the playoffs last year. It feels like no one's talking about them, but I think they're a playoff contender. Yeah, I would just say, like, I don't know why Oklahoma State never gets talked about, even though they've been a top 15 team for, like, the past decade. Forever, <laughs> um, yeah, they're consistent. Right. Um, but if, if this is the year they break through, this is the year for them to break through with Oklahoma being down. It, it is the year, for sure, with yep. Oklahoma being down. That's right. Yeah. All right. Trent, who do you got it for? Um, okay. My list might be pretty vanilla, but I have the Clemson Tigers at number four. Um, I, 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 you're really just banking on Clemson's defense winning them games. Um, they're, they're really balanced on defense they can stop both the run and the pass i think dju you have to give him a little bit of credit like he he has looked much improved this year i i don't i'm not saying he's become like some elite quarterback but he's become good enough that he won't cost them games fair enough fair enough at number five i've got the michigan wolverines they had a big win on the road against indiana um, I get it. They haven't played anyone. Like, let's let's elf in the room. They haven't really played anyone. But they do play someone this week. They play Penn State. And so I, I think it's going to be a pretty good indicator of if I've been right or wrong so far this year on Michigan. But as it stands, I think they're they're pretty dang good. Um, For my number five, I do have the Tennessee Volunteers here. Hey. So I... I have them pretty high up. I'm I'm just high on them in general. I think they have a really great offense. Mm-hmm. They have a slightly underrated defense actually. So they are kind of one dimensional on defense. They they just love running cover zero. But um, yeah, I think they're a great team, and I think they're just really hot right now. So you have to put them up there in the power rankings for sure. I'm not understanding Jimbo's rankings because it's like 
You keep saying these great things about teams that have like these horrible struggle wins. True. Like Michigan and Tennessee, like I feel like you're not docking Tennessee points for things that you're gonna dock us points for, but then giving them credit for no. things you don't give us credit for. I'm going. I, I, like, I'm when you compare schedules, bias. I'm big on recency bias. Let's just. Yeah, I can tell, and it's not healthy, <laughs> especially when the recency bias. You, especially when you're not taking into account. There's a difference between the teams <laughs> being on their backup quarterback that started the season. <laughs> And a team losing the Heisman winner. Like, you have to look at how big the drop-off is from QB1 to QB2. This is free rat poison for you. I'm giving you free rat poison. I mean, right now, I'm on my number (laughs) six pick, and I haven't picked Bama yet. And that's why... I mean, at at a certain point, you're just being inflammatory. No, no, I mean it. At number six, listen, I'll be fair here, Randy. At number six, I'm I'm bringing it to the SEC. I'm bringing it to the SEC West, in fact. And I'm picking Ole Miss. They have some horrible wins, but I'm just saying, objectively speaking, they have some pretty horrible wins. They're sleeping on them, dude. They were losing to Vanderbilt at halftime. They struggle beat Kentucky. They struggle beat Tulsa. They struggle beat Troy. They have some pretty sus wins and honestly haven't looked that great. They've had a great offense. I think you're sleeping on that. It's Lane Kiffin, dude. Dude, I, I don't they understand. They scored 28 points versus Troy and 22 points versus they were, Kentucky. They were so good last 35 year. 35 on Tulsa. So good. I mean, this was a New York 16 like, last year. 10 and 2 like, last Okay, year. they put up 52 on Vandy, but like... And they start the season off 6-0. It's an SEC team, SEC West team that's 6-0. And, and, not and they haven't played an SEC... They, they, they haven't even played an SEC it's West game yet. It's just, I like them, dude. I like them. And their first SEC West game is Auburn. Trent, at home. Trent, who do you got at number six? What do we got here? Um, Okay, I just want to comment on Ole Miss real quick because I don't have them in my top ten. <laughs> I would just say this. <laughs> Ole Miss, if you, if you look at their games, like, if you, especially if you look at the game against Kentucky, I feel like from the eye test, Ole Miss and Kentucky look like very evenly balanced teams. So if you don't have Kentucky that high, I feel like you really can't have Ole Miss in your top ten. I don't think either of those teams are top ten. So, but for okay, for for my number six, I do have Michigan here. I think I mean I'm kind of down on Michigan compared to like the AP voters, but like, mm-hmm. dude, who has Michigan played? Especially good offenses. You can say the one good offense they played is is Maryland, right? Um, and that game was a one score touchdown or one score game, right? So, I mean, in, uh, Indiana, like. Colorado State, like Hawaii, like yeah, come on, it. like I get it. It's just I haven't seen anything from them, and honestly, JJ McCarthy, he's been doing like very vanilla passes, like he passes like wide open crossing routes. Like I haven't seen much deep ball depth from him. Hey, he's been. They like... really just rely on Blake Corum. Like, I, like okay, this is very contingent on what they do against Penn State, right? right. But um, I will move them up if they beat Penn State. For what it's worth, he has like a really like he's got like a seventy eight percent completion percentage. He's got nine TDs to one interception. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, and so I. That's true. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but he's not like a bomb you to victory kind of quarterback. No, he's like a Rogers kind of guy almost. If that makes any sense. Um, I will say this about Michigan is that it looks like Harbaugh has very much built this team to beat the Big Ten and not necessarily worry about the playoffs. True. True. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to make any dent in the playoffs this year, but for what it's worth, they'll, they'll probably unde- be undefeated heading into the game against Ohio State, which, as always, is pretty fun. Um, at number seven, Randy, I'll finally give you some respect. I've got the Alabama Crimson Tide. Here's the deal, Randy. Literally, you know, we talk about it being a game of inches. 
Baba is two plays away from having two losses right now, which is almost unfathomable. So I, I have to dock them, dude. I've docked Georgia in the past for the same thing. I, I I'm sorry. It has to be done. If you guys win this, I'm weekend, saying it was wrong for you to. It was. It was. I said the same thing during that episode that it was wrong for you to overreact to Georgia too. Well, I think there's. I think they're sus for what it's worth. They're. They're like. Much I mean, they're definitely sus. Here's the thing that both Georgia and Alabama have shown flaws, but showing flaws, there's a difference between showing flaws and just go ahead and docking them this much. But it's uncharacteristic. For, show, for daring to show a flaw. Like, it's, it's, it's very it's, uncharacteristic. It's not that uncharacteristic. Every single championship team in the history of football has like close games and has close scares, or even a lot, most of the time, has a loss. Twice like, now, this for isn't, though, it's, it's kind of unfathomable, frankly. I mean, honestly, I no, think- it's not. We've only ever, I don't think you understand. Only two of the championship seasons out of the seven Saban has have, have been undefeated seasons. We usually lose a game. But usually, you, like, you lose a game and immediately it's like death machine. You know what I mean? Like, you guys get like one mulligan a year. The fact that you're on two mulligans already is like, I'm just saying, it's sus. It's kind of sus. And that's why I've got I mean, We somewhere. did the same thing last year. We did the same thing last year. I will say, we. Seem to have fixed our offensive line issues. It's just kind of a matter of like getting everything clicking at the right time. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Try to get we'll people, get everybody on the same page. We'll see if Bryce, Bryce is healthy. I think that's gonna be the deciding factor in the Tennessee game. Trent, who do you got? <laughs> at seven. Um, I guess this one might be kind of spicy, but at number seven, I have the UCLA Bruins. So yes. I oh, think this team is actually really great. So. If you watch their offense, they're super fun offense. I mean, I think DTR needs to be in the discussion of early Heisman, right? Like, this guy is putting up insane numbers. The past two weeks against Washington and Utah, he was going crazy. I mean, he was hurdling guys. He's making fades downfield. He's hitting deep post routes. Like, he's playing really, really great. And they also have a great running back, Zach Charbonnet. Um, He's 13th in the country in rushing, and he missed the game as well. So, um yeah, both those guys are amazing. They have a really great offense. Like many great passing offenses, it's contingent that they don't turn the ball over that much. And their defense is kind of a question. Right. But um, they did have two huge turnovers against Utah as well. So their defense is not like getting run over by people. Right. So, right. yeah, I think they're a great team. I think they're a very complete team as of right now. Not to spoil it, but I probably got them in my That's top just- 10 at some point. So. Uh, Big Ten bias, I know. Big Ten bias, uh, yeah. <laughs> UCLA, it's pro- classic Big Ten school. <laughs> <laughs> at eight, at, at number eight, I actually will break back to the Big Ten with Penn State, who I realize very well might be exposed this week. I've been high on them the entire season. You can go back and look. Uh, but if if they do somehow beat Michigan on the road, I'll feel validated. I think they're a very talented team. I think they do have a lot of potential. It's to me really just a matter of do they have enough potential to get past Michigan as well as Iowa State. Probably not, but still, I mean, this is probably a 10-2 team. I think they're really good. Um, <laughs> I also don't have Penn State in my top 10. <laughs> Fair but enough. that's not to say that I don't think they're a good team. I, I think they're like, I think like from like 8 to like 20, there's like just a, a lot of great teams that are like, it's yeah. really hard to split hair between them, right? So um, I had a... I think still think Penn State's a great team. Um, I think they they need to kind of run the ball a little bit more to like take the load off Sean Clifford because Sean Clifford is more of like a <laughs> you want him to pass like 
you don't want him to pass that much, right? If you if he's if he's what you're relying on to win games, then that's an issue. But yeah. obviously they have um they they have a great defense. I think they can match up well against Michigan in terms of um going pound for pound and running, but I think Michigan has a much better offensive line. So that that might be an issue to look out for. And Michigan's pass rush was really great last year. Obviously they lost um two of their great players on that end, but um Michigan might be able to exploit that end of the ball. Should be interesting. Uh who do you have at number eight? Uh <laughs> for number eight, it's more Big Ten bias. Eight. I have USC. So <laughs> um Oh man. Uh, okay, like you have to give them credit at this point, right? Like they keep winning games. I think they've beat some decent teams. Like I think Oregon State is decent. I think um, Washington State is decent. Like these are decent teams. These are not like bottom end teams, right? So yeah. um, they keep winning. My concern is that I still don't think their defense is very great. It's very it's getting masked by their great offense. So a lot of teams have to like pass the ball a lot to come back. That's why that's what leads to their high turnover margin. Um, right. Yeah, once again, like similar to UCLA, they they rely on turnover-free football. Um, sure. They kind of have a middle-lane defense. It's really just their offense, the West Coast offense. Um, but I think you have to give them credit for, for winning games so far. But if they lose to Utah, yeah. then I might drop them. For, so. for sure, for sure. Um, real quick, I guess at number nine, for the same reasons you said, I got to get back to the Big Ten. UCLA, the chip's good. Hate to say it, but he's good. He's got him on the right track, at least. You have to admit that. He is good. He is good. All right, who do you get at nine, Trend? Oh, uh, I know I said earlier that how like we don't talk about them, and I kind of feel bad for putting them this low, but I have the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So, I mean, I think Gundy's like one of the best coaches in college football. I think they're a really great team. I think they've kind of switched from a defensive team last year to like a heavy offensive team this year. Mm-hmm. I do think they're a contender for the Big 12. I mean, obviously, they're a contender for the Big 12. But um, I don't have them this low because I don't think they're I think they're bad or anything. I just think there's like a lot of teams that it's very hard to split right. hairs between. Yeah, so the Big 12 is pretty them. stacked. Like, not like stacked on the top, but there's a lot of... It's like a race to the top at this point. There's right. Teams, there, so. I, there's a lot of teams yeah. that can win the conference. Yeah. It's kind of wide open. The Big 12 in general is like one of the most competitive conferences top to bottom. That like that actually makes them very fun to watch, especially in the later part of the year. Because yeah. you never actually know. Like Who's Basically, with the Big 12, you can throw preseason projections completely out the window. For sure. Because like when you have damn Kansas as probably the big – as maybe the winner of the Big 12, then you can just know the whole conference is flipped <laughs> upside down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> At number 10 here, I'm going to bring it to the SEC. You may have noticed there's an SEC team I've been missing so far in my top 10. i got to give credit to the Texas Longhorns. Uh, listen, dude, with Quinn Ewers in, they are extremely legit. Like, ex- like the- you have to give them credit, dude. They annihilated Oklahoma. Like, literally the best uh, Red River shootout win ever for, for Texas. So, yeah, I- I'm still pretty high on them. In hindsight, they're almost win over Bama. Was not a fluke. This team is very, very good. Trent, who do you got? Um, I was actually also very tempted to put Texas here, but <laughs> my Texas. logic is my logic is I need to see more of it, right? Like I okay. need to see more of a Quinn Ewers led Texas team. They need to string some wins together, and but I think like talent level, coaching level, they're very much like a top ten team. Sure. They they just need to show it on the field more, sure. right? So, um, instead I have the TCU Horn Frogs here, hey. so. I think, I mean, 
again, I, I put another high offense team on here. Um, I really like Max Duggan. I think if you really look at the explosive plays they have this year, I mean, it's very impressive. They have a lot of playmakers on the field. So, yeah, I think you have to give them credit. I mean, they're undefeated. They, they're they playing Oklahoma State this week, and I think that's a very winnable game for them. So for sure. for we'll sure. have to see. We'll see. Should be a good test for both teams. I just realized I'm looking at my top 10 now. If we count USC and UCLA as Big Ten schools and Texas as SEC, nine of my top 10 are either Big Ten or SEC. Which is just stupid. Uh, Maybe some conferences are coming together. Maybe some bias. But it's a super conference, dude. This is the world we live in now. I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen, though, is that not necessarily the super, super conference, but like in terms of top 10s, you're usually going to see mostly like eight out of 10 of them are going to be. SEC or Big Ten, new At SEC, point, new Big yeah. Ten. And then you're going to see like one representative from the Big 12 and one representative from the pack. And then that's probably also honestly what the playoffs, the 12-team playoff is going yeah. to amount to. Yeah. I mean, it's it's probably a good thing they got the expansion in when they did because with these super conferences, like there's no other way like the Big 12 or ACC could compete. Like at least with a 12-team playoff, like, you know, a team like Florida State or Miami might have a shot every now and then of making the playoffs, you know? <laughs> Yep. Uh, maybe not Miami this maybe year. Maybe not Miami. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> but I digress. Um, folks, this has been a fun episode. Trend, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to join us today and, and share your insights. Yeah, thank you for having me on. As always, very knowledgeable of the game. Really appreciate your perspective. And Randy, I'm Wisconsin. Well, well, not yet. Not yet. No, I, was too early. I was too early. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Randy, I just want to say I'm, I've been hating on Bama. We all know this, okay? I'm, I've been this whole season quite vocal, okay? And I, I want to personally this, this apologize. This is also Jimbo's Super Bowl. If it, yeah, you have to understand. Like, if it sounds personal, please don't Jimbo take it personally. The hatred of Bama I have says uh, a lot more about me than it says about any of you. you I love literally you only hate us you because we win. We have done nothing it's but true. win. It's true. I'm a hater. Like, it's, it's, it's a fact to hate you because you win. Like, I'm not going to deny that, okay? Okay. I'll say enough. this. I'm gonna play nice uh, way this weekend. If if Tennessee does win, I'll be a good sport. I'll be a good sport. I feel like people need okay. to. Gen- I, f- I feel like people that listen need to understand that I have not said anything negative, inflammatory about Tennessee. I am not out here saying, "Oh, we're gonna blow them out." I I'm just saying modest, that you yeah. need to be cautious with your Tennessee optimism because they've shown a lot of flaws, and yeah. much like we have too. But we have a history of. Uh, of not letting these flaws, <laughs> you know, true. get bigger. Listen, I, I think a lot of people are just riding on Tennessee to beat them because they, they really want it to happen. For, yes, like, narrative that's perspective, the reality right? of it. Like, Tennessee hasn't, <laughs> Tennessee hasn't won this game since 2006. We like, have literally the good guys holding the monsters back, and we've been holding the monsters back for so long that you think we're the monsters. That's literally what this is. Like, uh, people don't understand what they're going to be like. It's like, they're like, Okay, you know how Auburn fans, everybody talks about how horrible Auburn fans were on Twitter during the basketball season, about how they like, literally would force these tiny schools that they blow out to shut their Twitter accounts down because their fans would just go harass them and like, bully them? Yeah. That's what we're holding back. That's ultimately the types of teams we're holding back, and now people think we're the monsters for just doing our job, and you should be thanking us, honestly. Okay, bow down to them. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, I might throw mustard on the on the field again. <laughs> Dude, that'd be amazing. Dude, I I want I want something controversial to happen, and I just want I want everybody to lose except us. Like I want this to be the most like shit fest of a. Okay, I'm not gonna say anything more. All right. Well, on that note, uh, thank you once again for tuning in. <laughs> As always, it's been Jimbo alongside Randy and Trent. Thank you, thank you, my man. 
really fun having you on. Yeah, thank you guys. Looking it was a fun this, episode. Yes, absolutely. Looking forward to this weekend, and as always, roll tide. Oh, I'm Wisconsin. Go Terps.